Yes, you can. Yes, you absolutely can. These are my four traits. What can I say? I'm a Gemini. <laughs> this is probably one of my favorite reads of the past year. Sexy Scottish men, also wolves. Oh my God, yes. <laughs> Welcome to another episode of No Books on a Dead Planet. Uh, I made this series because I literally cannot compute the world ending. It doesn't make any sense to me. I cannot uh, like engage with a lot of kind of climate stuff. Uh, but the idea of no books being on the planet does actually scare me. For some reason, that's my entry point, And that is what this series is about. I'm a little bit of a fraidy cat when it comes to talking about the climate in general, but there is nothing more inspiring than a deadline. <laughs> <laughs> so I am dragging wonderful people onto the channel with me uh, to read books about the climate crisis and maybe kind of like I find sometimes it's really hard to start conversations about the climate because I haven't heard that many of them. Like I don't even have the words for it. So this is a series where we're going to have chill, funny, hopefully, chats about semi-serious topics, read a really good book and hopefully make a friend. And today my friend in question is Maddie. Hi Maddie. Hello! I'm so happy to be here. <laughs> this is just this is just my way of making you be my friend. So that's that's what this is. This is actually Absolutely. just a whole facade. A whole facade. Um thank you so much for being on the channel. For people who don't know your channel already, um, where have you been? How embarrassing for you. Um Maddie, would you wanna tell those poor poor people uh, what your channel's about and who you are in general? Yeah, absolutely. So I'm Maddie Drosbeck. I've been making YouTube videos for about 12 years now, which is crazy. Um, and I make videos on my channel, which is just my name, about sex, dating, plus-size fashion, life as a 20-something in New York City, and anything else that inspires me that week. It's amazing. And that's all been about me. <laughs> in, in your latest video, you were uh, drinking a rose latte, and I was like, what is a rose latte? <laughs> Like you just have this great life that's got all this like exciting shit in it. And I'm like, what is what is that? I'm dead. Yet yet to reach England. <laughs> yeah, I mean, there's nothing like a little like rose lavender <laughs> syrup to just add a little bit of spice to my day. He's living the good life. I love it. A little extra. I know it hasn't reached England yet. Maybe I can uh, get get one. <laughs> so yeah, we chose to read together. Once there were wolves. This is my shiny library copy because I'm very cool. Yours looks beautiful. You've taken the cover off, but it's got like foil on the spine and stuff, hasn't it? Yeah, I know. The the covers always me off, so I always end up taking them off just because it also it's just nice to look at. It's very fitting with your channel. You're like, I want it to be naked. <laughs> like, <laughs> take its clothes off. <laughs> it's too <laughs> expose its skin. <laughs> Honestly, you're not wrong. <laughs> Um, so when I was like chatting to you about what book we should read together, I feel like I sold this book to you being like, sexy Scottish men, mm. also wolves, like a little yep. bit of that. Um, so I've, I, do you know what, actually when I was reading this back, I was like, I feel like I've misled Maddie a little bit because I am obviously just a horny reader and there is sex in it, but I feel like there was more sex in it than I, so obviously I was, the, I, as the reader was um, creating some of the sex, or the sex scenes myself. <laughs> Because there is, but they're not as like explicit. And I'm like, wow, I guess yeah. I just imagined all of that with my brain. Good, good. Um, but when you were looking through the list of books we could chat about, what made you think that one? Yeah, I mean, I had never heard of this book before. Okay. But I have been on like such a romance novel kick. 
And I definitely want to branch out of that because it's been all I've been reading. Mm -hmm. And it seemed like this would maybe be a good bridge that gives me like a little bit of romance, a little bit of what I've been loving about those novels, but also throwing me into a completely new genre. I feel like I took like a lot of time off reading. So I feel like the last year has really been like the first year in a while that reading has been like a real regular part of my life like day to day and so need to branch out in the genres but also know that romance novels are (laughs) such my thing that I thought this would be like a good way to give me what I love but also push myself to read something new a a little bit of both I I always say there's an injustice with romance novels I'm like it could also be about something else at the same time do you know what I mean like why does it only have to be romance or like something serious and also like I've been reading a lot of literary fiction and I'm like does everybody have to die is that how every book has to end? <laughs> like, is that really what... Is this my hobby? Yeah, <laughs> Do I just want to watch people in pain? <laughs> so, like, I support the romance thing and I probably need to read a little bit, a, a few more romance novels and a few less, like, serious, yeah. boring books. So um, I can identify with that. Um, kind of looking at the cover and stuff, was it, like, um, was it kind of what you expected once you'd read it? For, like, for me, I kind of looked at it and I just generally thought this was just a thriller book. The, the reason I got mm. it, actually, like, I've, I've actually given away my other copy. I'll, I'll find it again some, I've lent it to somebody nice I just don't remember who so I had to get this copy out of the library but my original copy was from book of the month I did a sponsorship with them um, and I wanted to read some of the books that they sent me so I just picked it up and I genuinely just thought it was going to be a bit of a thriller like I didn't really think about the eco aspect of it at all and it really surprised me like it was definitely still a thriller uh there's definitely some murders and you don't know who's been killed um <laughs> it's very stressful um but I it was actually a lot more and for me like it it really surprised me because there was like a, a, a real deeper kind of discussion around like domestic violence and like violence against women, which I was like brave to go there. You only had like 250 mm. pages and you really went there like with everything. Um, so it kind of surprised me in that way, but like kind of when you looked at the cover and the blurb and stuff, once now you've read it, were you surprised by it? Is there anything that like, if you yeah. pick, it, pick it up, it's like, it's, that's not what it is. It's actually this. Right. Yeah. No, I feel like based on the cover, I'm not sure that it ever would have been a book that I naturally picked up at the bookstore. I feel mm-hmm. like I, I don't know. I, I, I don't even think I've ever read like a thriller type book before, which is weird because I do love like thriller and these types of movies. So you think mm-hmm. that it would translate to the books I read as well. But yeah, I'm not sure that I ever would have picked up this type of book. Um, I think I would have assumed that the writing would have been not in the style that I enjoy, but I was pleasantly surprised that it was kind of a like very poetically written Mm. novel. Like I really resonated with a lot of the descriptions that she used, especially when talking about like emotions and like how uh, like Inti was so connected with the wolves and also her relationship with her sister. And there was so much of the writing that just like sucked me in emotionally, which I wouldn't have thought based off the cover or based off of like, oh, we're in the woods with a bunch of wolves. Like, I'm not thinking that it's really going to pull at my heartstrings. Yeah. Um, And I'm not sure that I've picked up any type of book that has anything to do with wolves since, like, Twilight. So I'm not sure that I have a ton of background there. (laughs) There's room for improvement. It's like, oh, we're evolving from Jacob. (laughs) I love it. (laughs) 
But yeah, you're right. I think there was lots of stuff about bodies and bodies connecting and overlapping and like uh, the main character. I'm gonna try and not do too many spoilers, but I want to tell you enough about the book that you read it. So like one of the things about Inti, the main character, is that she has this um, not synesthesia. Uh, it's, it's the thing where you when you see somebody in pain or somebody in pleasure you feel it with your body it's like a thing that some people have and because of that like you, you she overlaps a lot with people in her life and the wolves as well like you kind of don't know where she ends and and she and other people begin if that makes sense yeah absolutely sense. but yeah it's it's a bit of an um kind of surprising one i think as well like so one of the concepts like why she's basically she's an she's an aussie in uh, Scotland and she's her job is to rewild wolves into Scotland which isn't something that's actually happened yet but it's something that people are campaigning for which is quite interesting but it's in an alternative like reality where this is actually happening and um and it, she's coming up against all these kind of different people who are against it and this this idea of like apex predators so the people like the reason we actually need wolves um is like it's quite vital to our ecosystem and they like I don't know, I just didn't know a lot of it. I'm sure that I've heard yeah. it somewhere before, but like it didn't occur to me that one, we don't have wolves in the in the UK. Do you have wolves? You have wolves in the US, right? Surely. I've never seen one. <laughs> You're but... like, <laughs> like, I've never left New York. I don't know. <laughs> what is that? Um, allegedly, there are wolves in the US, but in, in, in the UK, um, we shot them like 200 years ago. We artificially made them extinct. So um, it's kind of about like how why we're scared of wolves and the idea of like little red riding hood being scared of wolves like we're always told to be scared of the wolf at the door mm. when actually they move uh like yeah. other grazing things on i don't know how to explain it properly basically deers eat a lot of grass and it's not good for the environment <laughs> they need to keep them moving otherwise the ecosystem fucks up <laughs> this is why i need experts i have no idea what's going on but we need them <laughs> In summary. I mean, same. I, mean, I didn't know any of this before reading this book either. So, like, yeah, but then I'm I new. Think that's, like, what's refreshing is, is, like, I always, like, think a lot of environmental things are to do, like, we're told to, to change our behavior. And actually, there's loads of solutions that aren't really to do with us at all, but would be great if we supported them, I guess. But, like, yeah. I don't personally know any wolves <laughs> that I could <laughs> network and, like, sort that out. So it's, like, good as, like, a, a, a citizen, just, like, know that that's going yeah. on and be able to, like, understand it a little bit more um so i was wondering um i kind of set us our cool little book club tasks um if there's like a quote or a moment that stood out to you um that was really like when you're maybe you, like in a year's time you look back at the book and be like oh remember that scene like oh, what yeah. was that for you there was actually several i am so bad about like marking up books i hate doing it so i was just taking pictures of every page nice. that i like oh this this hits like there's something here and so i'm like going through my uh, fucking phone like just scrolling through all of these screenshots of the book and i'm like i have no idea what you were meaning when you took this photo <laughs> um but there were so many points where i was like oh this this is hitting there's this is sitting inside me well um and one of the ones that I pulled out was um it was at a portion of the book where there was a conflict that happened between Indy and her co-worker Nils mm -hmm. and um they were sort of apologizing for a spat that had happened and Indy says I don't know I just can't reconcile our, our role in all of this and I've started questioning it more and more how much action is too much and when is it not enough and that was a question that I particularly loved because I felt like it was I mean number one it was so human mm -hmm. but I thought it was like particularly human 
especially coming from Inti, who you, is supposed to be like this super intelligent, like go-to person when it comes to the wolves and how um, these efforts uh, to heal the dying landscape, dying landscape in Scotland are going uh, to actually go through. And so I really love that we got this moment where even she was like, I don't know, I'm trying to do the right thing, but I don't always know exactly what that looks like or yeah. like, where are we doing too much? Where is it not enough? And yeah, I just think that's a very true sentiment that so deeply connects to how most of us feel about our own roles within the climate crisis and how to contribute. Yeah, totally. And I think it's kind of also just like, a lot of the emotions we have about the climate are like emotions we have in other parts of our lives. Cause like her, basically her sister is in an abusive relationship and Inti is quite inactive in stopping that from happening. And she's constantly like walking that line in her personal life, which is like, if, like, you know, like somebody that's close to you is in an abusive relationship. Do you act? Do you not act? Like, how do you tip that ecosystem like accidentally? So it's weird because it's kind of like, it's it's a problem that we have in in a lot lots of parts in our lives not just with the climate so i liked that overlap where she was kind of like in all parts of life i don't know what i'm doing yeah <laughs> just yeah like relatable exactly content. for me it was right. really interesting because i would say like it's actually kind of 50 it's kind of like 30 percent romance 30 percent climate 30 percent commentary on abuse against women <laughs> I don't yeah. know, would you say that's like percentage-wise? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And then we're I'd missing- that's and pretty it, accurate. What's it? The 10% is like, I don't know, hot Scottish man. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I have a, that's the other thing. I kept getting distracted because I have such a massive crush on a fictional character, which is this guy called Duncan in the book, who is a policeman, mm. unfortunately. <laughs> but super hot. <laughs> like, sorry about your job, but also like, <laughs> bangable. The stuff around, um, like- abuse against women and this kind of like there's I, again I don't want to give away too much but her their mum is a, a, a lawyer and her literal whole job is to protect to to basically try and send men to pr- prison who have um prison <laughs> I went really like tweeting that no send them to prison um send <laughs> send I don't know why this is, anyway um I've had a lot of sugar today sending men to prison who have abused their wives and she prepares the twins like the whole way through her life being like this is what, how to spot an abusive relationship. This is what you should do. Like, this isn't like, this is what a feminist is. And one of the twins still gets into an abusive relationship. And I thought it was interesting, this kind of like idea that like, we can still be held in these really unhealthy cycles and not walk away, even though we know we've been prepared for it, you know? And it's kind of depressing, <laughs> but. Yeah, absolutely. I think like sometimes when people are like, oh, just go and fix it. Like go and walk away. Like leave this, leave capitalism. <laughs> it's like, <Yeah>. uh... <laughs> Right, like, it's a little bit more complicated than that. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's like great idea. Let's uh, let's do it. So yeah, and I think uh, the other moment was when uh, they have a knitting circle at the little. Uh, also, this just I don't know about you, but it just gave me like real like a real big need to go and visit Scotland again. <laughs> it's yeah. also like I've never been. Oh my god, you need to. Go. Have you been to England? No. We need to get you over. I'll get a porky. <laughs> we'll we'll just buzz you in. Don't worry about it. On my um, way. <laughs> Come now, um, but yeah, like it's it's just a really atmospheric like Scottish Highlands kind of thing. But they have a knitting circle, and there's like a, an older woman in it, and and like I think Inti at the beginning is trying to be like, "Have you heard about the climate crisis?" And this older woman's like, "Yeah, I have. I've been trying to rewild my garden for the past thirty years, and I've just been to a protest." Um, do you know what I mean? It's just like, don't tell me that we don't care just because we're like village people right. and we're farmers. Like 
we understand a little bit which i thought was quite funny that it's like the main character while she's like got the qualifications like there's a lot of villagers who are like we know that there's a climate crisis going on you don't need to like (laughs) fill us in but yeah i i thought that bit was really cool the other question was like would you recommend who would you recommend it to if you were going to recommend it to people is it one that you're going to be like running around and shoving in everybody's faces or is it one that's Mm. like mm, for a certain person i mean i kind of loved it I I was shocked at how much I loved it I feel like throughout it it was slow for like the first 50 pages but then once we started getting into all of it and like more information is being revealed I got sucked right in this is probably one of my favorite reads of the past year um and I I think there's just so many like lovable aspects of the story I think an aspect that I particularly loved that um if this is also something that resonates with you maybe you would like this book because of this but I love that sisterhood was like a major theme and Mm. a major conversation in the book I think that like um being an older sister myself I've always like resonated with characters that sort of have that like older sister energy and um I kind of loved that a lot of like the traits that I think that Inti had because of her relationship with Aggie and because of how protective she was and how brave she had to be because of Aggie and for Aggie you see some of those traits like transfer over to how she acts with the wolves and how protective she is over like them and her work and how like her relationship with her sister and what she learns through Aggie transfers to other relationships and other aspects of her, which I just loved so much. I love a good like sister relationship and like seeing how uh, people like grow because of their sisterhood. And I thought that like that just so itched a scratch in my brain about that. There was actually one quote that I pulled out Um where Inti says, when it comes to my sister, I can be anything I need to be. Don't forget that. And I was like, oh, yes, you can. Yes, you absolutely can. And I just, I loved that. And I loved how it also connected with her relationship with the wolves. Yeah, so I hadn't really thought about that, actually. But yeah, you're right, because she's like, she kind of switches from having being the protected one to have to being the protector. It's like this weird. Yeah. Yeah, because I don't have any sisters and that's like something I've always, I'm always like, when I was growing up, I read loads of books about twin (laughs) sisters and it was like a thing that I wanted. (laughs) But I have an incredibly effeminate brother, so it's fine. But like, (laughs) (laughs) sauce Andrew. But like, um, yeah, like I kind of, do you think that sisters like that, like have you read books where they're not portrayed in, in that kind of way and you think like this is a bit more of a complicated portrayal of it? Yeah, totally. I think it was a super complicated portrayal, but at the same time it was so like rooted in love and like mm. devotion that they had for each other, which I just thought was so sweet. Like I love when sisters are just like sisters, like they will <laughs> yeah. do anything for each other. And it's like complicated and there's like a back and forth that exists and conflict between them. But at the end of the day, it's like, I would do anything for you. I will move anything that I have to move for you and don't forget it. Like I, you can't stop me when it comes to my sister. <laughs> yeah, that's amazing. And I think it's also like, um they have like a secret language there's a lot of stuff around like silence and language in the book like loads of moments where some characters can't speak other ones are speaking too much like there's a lot of like that kind of imagery in it but like i don't know i tried to have a secret language with my brother but it didn't work it's called it's called, do you want to hear it's called twinglish do you want to hear it oh my god yes <laughs> <laughs> it's very easy to learn twitter 
twenty twenty two. I twenty to it. Twenty twenty to it. I twenty just put twenty twitch. I feel like I'm playing put... The Sims. I have no idea what's going on. <laughs> you just put TW in front of anywhere. Everything. And we thought nobody can. We were like, we're geniuses. This, we need to make a dictionary. Honestly, you might be because I'm not sure you that know, I would have been know. able to decipher that. <laughs> yes. <laughs> One more string to my bow. I love it. Did you guys have any like secret languages or secret things you did? No. <laughs> <laughs> This is like, like I'm, I'm the... me of my sister jealousy. Yeah, no. I'm like <laughs> the oldest of three. I have one sister and two brothers. Mm. And I don't know that we ever had any like secret languages or like secret anything between each other. I, yeah. I just like my childhood memories are very like loud and aggressive. Like we were always putting on performances and like beating each other up in the backyard. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, I identify with the violence in the book. <laughs> like more than anything. <laughs> You were like, I was that. Yeah, just a little bit more aggressive. I wish I had a secret language. <laughs> well, now I'm kind of embarrassed that I've revealed that on the internet, but I guess it's going anyway. <laughs> Don't cut it, it's fine. I have no shame. I, I think I'd also like recommend this for anybody in a reading rut because I feel like mm. I did, I, I've read it twice now and like I forgot how pacey it was and how like from the beginning, I more cared about, um ba- basically one of the premises, I don't think this is a spoiler. I don't know if you think it's, but like, one of the premises is that when she gets there and she's trying to persuade all the villagers to accept the fact that they're going to rewild the wolves, um, somebody is killed in quite a brutal way that looks like it might have been a wolf, but they're not sure. And she also suspects a lot of other people and people suspect her. And it's this whole, like, there is just like a murder thread that's going through with it. So if you just really like murder, I mean, really fictional murder, <laughs> not real, <laughs> not if you're a rec- recreational murderer, then I would say this book's If fine. you really like murder, then yeah. maybe put down the book entirely. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> maybe we need to get you involved in other things <laughs> yeah yeah maybe join a knitting circle but um yeah like i felt like it was just like a real good it, because like you're saying it's really beautifully written but it's not long sentences and they're not complicated sentences mm-hmm. so it's like it does kind of suck you in and if you just are you just driven by a good old who done it <laughs> there's that in there as well somehow it's such a small book but it's got like so many aspects yeah. to it Totally. And I I think that's kind of why it's good for anybody, because there is like really aspects of everything. You've got the murder mystery aspect. You've got the sisterhood. You've got a little bit of romance, a little bit of sex, a little bit of Mm. the climate crisis. We've got really so many aspects coming in here. Yeah. And I think that's what I really struggle to like recommend stuff to people that's like has some climate stuff in it, because I feel like it's I don't want to push it on people and I also but I also know that it's just part of life like it's one of the things that it'd be yeah. weird not to mention so I like this because I'm like I can give you sex I can give you romance <laughs> I can give you murder but also <laughs> a spoonful of that so yeah. yeah I think it's like a cool one to recommend to people as well and it, I don't know it also like I've got a thing at the moment like because I've moved out of London like and I've lived in the capital city for like 10 years and now I've moved out and I'm like am I a country girl <laughs> and I kind of like <laughs> You know, I almost don't feel like it's kind of nice because I feel like during the pandemic, people really romanticised the country. And like, Mm. I don't know if you noticed that. So I was like the whole like cottagecore thing and like people wanting to be. And I was, I don't really, I really like the city. Like I really miss London. I like, and I'm sure if it was New York, like I'd fucking love New York. Right. Do you know what I mean? I'm like, oh, trees are cool, but also theatre shows. Yeah. (laughs) Um, So I feel like I like this book as well because it's like, 
it shows the reality of being in the wild. And like, if you're going to live in the wild, like, yeah, there are, there is a chance that a, a wolf will be there. <laughs> like you can't just yeah. like, sanit- sanitize the wild. It's not just like pretty dresses and like daisies. It's like brutal murders. <laughs> and I don't right. know. <laughs> it's like a bit more rough and ready. <laughs> yeah, definitely. I, I really liked. Um, yeah. Did you kind of, uh, kind of come away with anything that you think like because of the book like any, any like are you interesting in rewilding or anything or like do you is there anything you'll come away with like thinking about after reading it yeah definitely I, I think that like the main sort of uh takeaway was actually uh the question that I brought up earlier which I think is like a great reflection point mm. to sort of weave into our day-to-day is just like um, reflecting on how much action is too much and when is it not enough. And um, obviously that's not something that really has like a straightaway answer. Um, it's more something that you check in with yourself constantly and make sure that like your actions are aligning with your morals. And if you can do more that you are doing more. Um, and then also offering yourself compassion. And if, you know, you don't know everything and you do like aren't maybe you aren't doing as much as you can do like offering yourself compassion in being imperfect in incorporating uh more efforts related to the climate crisis into your life yeah I, that's such a good i didn't actually think about that because that's a lot of uh, stuff you talk about your channel is like self-forgiveness and like being like you're yeah. doing your best like in that kind of and i i guess it also is, is like it's like a crisis of confidence like i often feel like that totally like who am I to make a series about the climate crisis? Like who, what is it? Yeah. Is it my business? Like people study this. This is somebody's job. Like why am I? Totally. Um, poking yeah, my in? absolutely. And I think a lot of people feel like hesitant to speak up or contribute because they don't know how meaningful their contributions are or they think, you know, other people know more. So I'll just let them speak. Like, I don't know what I'm talking about. It's overwhelming. Like there's yeah. a lot of information out there and not, people a lot of people don't really know how to meaningfully contribute especially when so much of the climate crisis feels so overwhelmingly out of your control and there's so many other factors that you're watching happen that you're like oh my god wow this is so much and so i i get that it's like a a pretty overwhelming topic for a lot of people but i think that like any any contribution even like a little bit is that's something and i yeah. i think that like the just offering yourself uh, compassion and patience and, um, you know, just celebrating any little thing that you can contribute rather than expecting yourself to be like the person who knows it all and does it all all the time. <laughs> yeah, you're right. Like kind of relating to that is this like I did it in tea. I noticed is like she goes to this village because she's trying to reintroduce wolves to the wild and she understands the climate crisis, but she's also not tackling every issue at the same time. Right. She's just like... I'm here for the wolves. That's my expertise. That's my task. That's what I'm doing. She doesn't go around like preach about veganism and she's not constantly bringing up the climate crisis with villagers. She's like, this is my lane. <laughs> this is what I can yeah. do. Just trying to keep my sister alive and keep the wolves alive. <laughs> and, yeah. that's it. and that's it. And I think this, that you're right. It's like knowing your limitations can sometimes be your strength because you're like, this is as much as I can give. Boundaries, I guess. <laughs> you just gotta give boundaries. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> She's like, maybe don't hurt anyone I care about and leave me to do my job. (laughs) And you know what? That was actually a reason. That was like another reason why I was like, oh, I think that a lot of people would like the book because I think Inti is like such like a strong 
female main character and I think she's really good at setting her boundaries and being like this is where the line is don't try to cross it (laughs) and I think I mean I love reading books where the main character is as badass as she is yeah and it's and she doesn't start off badass she's like somebody who's like I'm just naturally like this you know yeah (laughs) definitely Um, she's got like layers to her like because she has moments in these uh, flashbacks and stories where she is like you know more timid and more shy and her sister is really the one who takes the lead in a lot of their social dynamics but then you see her in these other situations where she's standing up to some of the men in the town and I, I loved it I loved how like dynamic she was as a main character yeah she's she's definitely like self-made it's not just like this yeah. thing where she's like these are my four traits <laughs> what can yeah. I say <laughs> I'm a Gemini <laughs> you know which I think is sometimes a problem with books anyway um so yeah yeah, another thing I wanted to chat to you about because you are the queen of opening up uh especially online and like I really admire you for that I love all the kind of conversations you have online how open you are um I was wondering like just in general do you have any tips for people having awkward conversations and do you think there's like a crossover between like having awkward conversations with people in your life about sex and having awkward conversations with people in your life about the climate crisis are those things that like can we use the same tools is that a thing I definitely think so it sounds weird but I like think that there's a connection here genuinely I think we're on something I I really I feel like I find that other people feel more comfortable around you when you are vulnerable with them first I think Mm. so many people uh, all of us not even so many all of us Um, have like a little voice inside our heads that's always trying to make sure that we say the right thing and that like uh, we don't overexpose ourselves, make ourselves too vulnerable, let other people know uh, that we don't know what the fuck we're doing. (laughs) It's embarrassing to like put yourself in that kind of position. And I feel like something that I've learned just from making a ton of content about taboo subjects and also just being someone who likes talking about stuff like that in my day to day Mm. is just that when you put yourself out there first when you are vulnerable with people and you say hey I don't really have the answer to this but here's something I've been thinking about here's something I've been reflecting on like what do you think and you sort of make yourself vulnerable and say I don't have all the answers but I've been thinking about it what do you think too and sort of open that dialogue up without making it super intimidating because you are making yourself vulnerable before you're asking anybody else to show up as their most vulnerable self. Um, And I think that's really effective in getting people to open up and feel comfortable talking with you and uh, sharing even like a little bit of honesty and vulnerability. I think that like most people want to have tough conversations, but they're afraid of being embarrassed or not knowing enough or not having enough to contribute. And I I think that if you are the person that opens the dialogue and sets the immediate precedent of like, you don't have to show up to this conversation perfect or having all the answers or even having any sort of start here. You just have to show up. That's it. We're just going to sit here and we're going to have a very open chat and I'm not going to judge you for anything that you say. And I I think like opening it up like that and being the person who starts that other people will follow you. Other people will mimic the energy that you bring into the conversation. Um, And I think that's something that applies with conversations about sex, where people are hesitant to 
ask questions because they feel like, oh, maybe I should have already known this. I feel embarrassed that I don't already know this. I think there's a similar thing yeah. with the climate crisis where people feel afraid to ask questions because they're like, should I already know this answer? I'm afraid to bring this up. And so I, I do think that like approaching these conversations with your vulnerability first and letting people know that it's okay to not have all the answers is yeah. like the best way to go about it. I love that. <laughs> I'm kind of picturing like, two scenarios the same conversation where it's like somebody's like I feel like it's a bit late to ask but what is pegging and then at the same yeah. time being like is it too late to ask what is carbon <laughs> like do you know right. what I mean like it's the same kind of things like yeah. is it too late to ask what like degrees of warming like how warm like well, how warm is too warm absolutely <laughs> you know 100 you're right it's the same thing where you just you feel like that everybody else is an adult and you like didn't do your homework and then now it's too late <laughs> Yeah, and you've been nodding for along sure. for too long. But I love that yeah. energy. You're so right. Yeah, absolutely. I think it's it's just about making the conversations accessible to everybody, so that everyone feels like they can chime in and add whatever it is that they have to add. Ask whatever it is they have to ask without feeling any guilt or shame attached to that. And do you think there's a crossover as well with like rejection? Because I feel like I've tried to open up to people about climate stuff, and they've been like, "Whoa, like <laughs> settle down there, chum." And yeah. I guess there's a, probably a parallel where like just because you open up connections with people like in it romantically and it doesn't work out it doesn't mean that you should stop trying to open yourself up and I get I wonder if there's like a crossover there too I think yeah thoughts. for sure I definitely I think that like sometimes people just like aren't ready to talk about certain things mm. they're they're like too it, it feels overwhelming and emotional and they don't know how to contribute so they just sort of shut down that's their reaction instead of being open to a dialogue and I think that that exists in conversations about sex as well um and that's okay but I I think that um sometimes people just need a little bit more time but I think they'll come around eventually <laughs> yeah and it's often I guess again like it's not always about you like it's not the way yeah. you did it it's just somebody's not ready to have Definitely. that uh, oh, I'm having so many thoughts. I didn't think yeah. about. I was just. I kind of thought there was a crossover a little bit. Cause this is why I was like, let's read this book. But I'm also yeah. like, there's so much more like about how scared we are of each other. You know, and, definitely like, the kind of wild. Because the wolves, like the whole thing about Inti is that she's like, I'm kind of wild as well. Like I think we've become too human and not enough creature. Like we haven't realized yeah. that we're creatures as well. And I guess that's the kind of thing about sex as well. It's like a kind of oh we're too you're connecting too much with like your animal self like that's not very civilized yeah like, don't talk totally about it. yeah and I think that a lot of times like these conversations do require a certain level of self-reflection and looking inwards and sometimes that just makes people too uncomfortable they don't mm. have it in them they're not in a place where they can or want to self-reflect because it feels too difficult to confront certain parts of yourself um, to even get to contributing to certain topics of conversation. Um, so yeah, I think there's for sure overlap in like more ways than one. Yeah, totally. I kind of, when people are like, oh, what, you know, I've just graduated uni. Like, what should I do? I'm scared about the climate crisis. I'm like, train to be a therapist. We're going to need this. <laughs> like, I'm like, forget the scientists. We need the therapists. Like, fuck me. <laughs> right. <laughs> There's like a very heavy emotional aspect going on here. <laughs> yeah. And again, it's like the thing of like, yeah, we kind of know what we should do, but we can't. Let's, let's talk about that. <laughs> like, yeah. why? why? <laughs> For sure. Um, <laughs> abusive relationship with our economy. <laughs> yeah. And it's 100%. Like, oh. Oh my god! Um, well, this conversation has been way even more enlightening than I thought it was going to be. I'm having like <laughs> a bit of a like a little internal um, revolution going on. But <laughs> um, <laughs> save it for another time. Um, 
thank you so much for reading this book with me. I am really excited and have a massive friend crush on you. So now... <laughs> It's so mutual. It has to happen. It has to happen. Um, Listen, you you came ready today fully matching. I know. There's like a visual connection happening right now. I'm cosplaying as Maddie because that's the kind of hardcore. Go hard or go home, I say. Thank you so much for watching this episode of No Books on a Dead Planet. If you would like to watch Maddie's channel, this is exactly where I think you should go next. That's why I'm directing you. It's right here. Do it now. That's end of conversation. There was no question. I'm not asking for your consent. Just do it. Um, <laughs> there are more episodes in this series up here if you'd like to watch those. Uh, next time, we are going to be reading The Parable of the Sower with Jack Edwards. <laughs> I know. Um, it's going to be really fun. I hope that you join in if you do want to read it. If you don't, you're allowed to come to the book club anyway and just pretend you've read it. That's what we're here for. Um, thank you so much for watching. Thank you, Maddie, for being here. And um, yeah, yeah um, let, let's let's uh, train as therapists, I guess. <laughs> That's my takeaway. In. Do it. Done. <laughs> Done. <laughs>